Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Chef Life Live. Sorry that I uh, took a few weeks off there. I was helping my friend Addison move out to Wyoming. I was traveling a little bit. I had to come home quarantine and everything, but I'm all I'm all good. No COVID, which is great. Um, so thank you for your patience. But we are back this week, and I'm very excited for our guest, um, Chef Carlos Gitan. Um, very excited. He's a very accomplished chef here. Uh, in Chicago. He's been here for a little bit of time now and I'm very excited to be able to go out to his restaurant and try his food. Um, But Chef Carlos was born in, he told me how to say this and I'm sorry, Hitzuko, Mexico in 1970. From a young age, Carlos fell in love with cooking, exploring a full spectrum of flavor while perfecting heirloom recipes alongside his mother. At 20 years of age, he craved a new adventure and set his sights on Chicago, Illinois. Little did he know that the journey would inspire a systemic life shift and solidify his dedication to a career in gastronomy. So we will bring Chef Carlos on and get to know him just a little bit better. How you doing, Chef? How you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Great, great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being here tonight. I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be here as well with you. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I see you're you're at the restaurant right now. I can see, kind of can hear it a little bit, but it's not too bad. Yeah, it's getting a little busy, so I apologize. For that's a lot that, of noise. No, don't I'm apologize. Back. That's that's a that's a very good thing to have, mm-hmm. especially right now. It's it's very good thing. So. Um, but yeah, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. So I kind of jump into our first round of questions here. Just kind of. Uh, some icebreaker questions, just get to know you a little bit. Um, so your your mother was a big inspiration for you cooking, growing up and everything. Was there uh, a special meal or a favorite meal that she cooked that you loved as a kid? You know what? Uh, when I was a little kid, probably age 10 years old, I used to go to the field and help my grandpa to, you know, work in the fields, you know, cultivate uh, whatever um, ingredients, you know. My mom, mm-hmm. she used to grab a lunch for us. And, and I remember my mom, I read every day, brought like a little bag with uh, stews and things like that. And uh, one of my favorite used to be uh, pork salsa, like a green okay. tomatillo mm-hmm. and fresh corn tortillas that she made. It was, mm. I mean, I've been eating that in many different places and it's good, but I guess eating in the fields underneath of the tree and then uh, so tired, hungry. That food, it was amazing. So uh, you yeah. know, I tried to achieve those flavors all the time, you know, like how can I yeah, I'm sure. those flavors, yeah. But it do you ever come close to like, yeah. Do you ever come close to your mom's like, uh, to your to the, your, the mom quality or do you just, you know, is it quite as good as your mom's or did she just kind of did something special yeah. to it you just can't achieve? Well, I have one dish right now on the menu uh, that she taught me how to make. And then uh, mm-hmm. she came to approve it. She came to, to see if I was doing oh, it wow. right. So, oh, wow. There yeah. you go. That's, so I was, that's well, great. one yeah. of the biggest sellers. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, I'd hope so. I mean, if it's, it's mom approved, then it's it's got to be good. Yeah. So it's that cochinita pibil. If someone wants to come by and uh, and try it, it's that cochinita pibil. Yeah. All right. I definitely have to try that one when I come in. But um, so you you came to Chicago in 1991. Um, do you remember what the food scene was like when you first got here? Well, the food by then was very simplified. You know, it was nothing like today. 
I remember, you know, I still, it was uh, hearing about Charlie Trotters coming up. It was mm-hmm. the big deal, yeah. you know, Charlie Trotters. Yeah, Charlie Trotter. And then, and then uh, of course, we had Le Francais in Wheeling. It was another restaurant that uh, I really want to work, but I couldn't. And then uh, I used to work nearby Le Francais and uh, Bob Chin's Crab House. And by then, the food it was about the ingredient, not too much about anything else. And, mm-hmm. and it was very simple, you know, like yeah. simple. It was nothing fancy. Uh, but I like, uh, I love the fact, you know, that people really care about serving good food all the time. And I like, hey, appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially coming from, you know, in, in Mexico, and your mom bringing out, you know, fresh food to the fields for you, like you're going to want to try to find that, that simple, just really good, solid food, you know, especially yeah. when you're far away from home. That's, that's totally true, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, when I grew up eating, you know, like most of the time, my father used to go uh, hunting for, for me. Uh, our hunting was mm. not because we want to just get a kill, you know. It, uh, it was because we had the need to eat. And then uh, we used yeah. to really good because we used to bring from the fields, you know, deer, venisons, rabbits, even iguanas. We see iguanas, you know, and, and all the oh, uh, really? fells, anything. Yeah, we have... The, my whole town is really rich in so many wild ingredients. So I grew mm-hmm. up eating that all the time, you know, and that's what it yeah. brings me over here. You know, uh, every time that I took over here, I want, I'm, I'm thinking more like, you know, uh, using those kind of ingredients and in my cooking, but sometimes people not used to. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, iguana, that's the first one for me. I, I haven't heard of uh, iguana. What does that taste like? Uh, chicken, probably. Chicken? You know, okay. It's, it's <laughs> that's chicken. It's a white meat. It, in my hometown, okay. uh, they peel the iguana. They take the skin off. And it's, uh, you eat it you know, in a soup. And it's very uh, okay. soft uh, uh, meat. But in Oaxaca, mm-hmm. they, they roast it. They roast it. They, oh. they keep the skin on. And then... It, I don't know. It gets really crunchy, and I don't know. I didn't like the texture. Didn't like that. That's funny. That's kind of. It's funny because like I'm from the Midwest, and I remember having like squirrel. That was like something like I know my mom would eat that growing up, and like I, my brother would go hunting for it. Um, and so like, and that's kind of it tastes like chicken. It's like there's not much to it. It's kind of like a white meat, and it just kind of tastes like chicken. And so it's really? kind of yeah. I, w- I mean, I wouldn't recommend going out and getting squirrels, but um, yeah, it's kind of, it's funny how different regions of the world probably have that same kind of thing of like, well, there's, that's an animal. It's probably got meat on it so we can eat it, but Absolutely. it's just, yeah. Um, so obviously with the, the pandemic, everyone has favorite foods, but I feel like through the pandemic and like our shutdown and everything, did you have any like guilty pleasure foods or like your go-to favorite foods during the, the shutdown? Well, when, since everything shut down, uh, what I did, I kept myself in Iran Suko. I was like, no place to go. And yeah. I started uh, getting to know how to make another things that I never made before, like bread. So okay. I got in trouble because I tried to make breads with different flavors. Like today, breads is uh, mole bread. Uh, you know, I do with mm. tacoches. So obviously I had to try it and then 
And the end of the night, sometimes I take a piece of bread with me at home. And it's, it's getting up there, you know, it's getting here. It's getting... <laughs> yeah, Brett, Brett will do that. <laughs> Got to be careful yeah. with that one. Yeah, so uh, I gained a couple pounds, you know, just eating eating bread, different kinds of bread. Eating bread, so, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's a cool skill to try to learn. And I, I was seeing on your Instagram, you were like, uh, some of the lows that you had, they look great. Like, like, that's something I want to get better at is like really like artisanal breads. And I can make like a quick like white loaf, but nothing like too crazy. Um, so, okay. yeah, but I mean, good still, on you for taking learning. the time and yeah, that's um, great that you take the time to keep learning and progressing. I mean, that's great. Yeah, um, that's is there any ingredients that you can't find here in the U.S. that you really love back in Mexico? Yeah, we have a few ingredients uh, that we cannot find in the U.S. Most of us, there are fruits, you know, fruits. Uh, yeah. There, we don't find it here. And uh, like sapote, it's, it's, it's hard to explain the flavor of sapote. That is like mm -hmm. a, inside you open the fruit and it is black really black and sweet oh wow uh, sweet very oh. meat meaty yeah uh the other one my favorite is mamey mamey sometimes you find mamey here in the united states in the market mm -hmm. but they're not yeah. the same because uh, they don't they don't write the, the right way they're you know they're always unripe and um doesn't taste uh, as mm -hmm. what we have hanging on the trees over there so yeah, and those sure. two fruits are the ones that I miss a lot. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That stinks that we can't get them here. Um, did, was What was your biggest, like, culture shock coming to the U.S.? You know what? Uh, one thing that I got, it got me really bad. It was, like, just to know that Mexican cuisine in the United States it was really bad represented. You know, it was it was not a style of Mexican cuisine that I've been to yeah, know in I'm Mexico, sure. you know, uh, here right. Mexican cuisine it was just tacos, tortas, burritos. I was like, that's not yeah. Mexican cuisine. And <laughs> like, yeah, you know, obviously, you know, yeah, we use tortillas a daily base every day, and then uh, we use, I don't know, beans all the time. And, but there's so many different things, you know. People didn't know what it was uh, pescado a la talla or. Uh, camarones, yeah. you know, bracha, uh, everything. I, I mean, we got so many, uh, so many uh, recipes and different cultures in Mexico. That is unbelievable. Yeah. So I was shocked yeah, I that not to find anything like that here. <laughs> yeah, I bet that's gotta be that's gotta be tough. Um, yeah, especially just to see kind of like your culture and everything just kind of like almost watered down to just those few more american popular things and be like oh it's, there's this is good but like there's just way better things out there that yeah. you know mexico offers for, for food and so do you, do you yeah. think it's gotten better though like since you got here to now yeah. as far as like, mexican yeah. cuisine i think you know especially in chicago i think their cuisine in chicago changed for good i think the revolution mm -hmm. started with the uh, le francais and uh, charlie trotter started you know getting this change uh how people should approach uh our new style of American cuisine, including, you know, yeah, many other ones, you know, including Mex uh, Mexican cuisine. Uh, but if you take a look now and uh, 20 years old, it's way different, you know, I believe Chicago is one of the most amazing uh, food scenes uh, cities in the world. 
that you can, yeah. spend, you know, you can come here and get an amazing meal all the time. You know, uh, great chefs. We had an amazing chefs, and great, amazing restaurants that uh, you know that people need to try. Yeah, I agree. I tell people all the time, like, uh, come to Chicago, and like, you're not going to go wrong with pretty much anything you eat. It's, yeah. I know, like, a lot of people praise San Francisco and New York and everything like that. I hear, I hear those as favorite food cities for my guests when they come on, mainly because they're from Chicago, so they're not going to list it. But I think Chicago is just one of those top ones. I'm a little biased because I grew up near here, and so like, I just love the city. But yeah, I feel like it's hard, it's hard to beat the food scene. I think here. Nice, yeah. I love yeah. Chicago. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, you, you work in you work in a lot of kitchens, and you've owned restaurants and everything. When you're working, do you prefer silence, or do you allow music in your kitchen? When I'm cooking, normally I listen to much about the Circle de Soleil music. Everything that they okay. play in the Circle de Soleil. Um, mm -hmm. inspire me so much because uh, that music is, is very similar to my cooking. It has explosions, okay. it got something really soft and it goes really high and and mm -hmm. it's surprises and, and things like that. So I prefer to listen to it. I let everybody listen whatever they want to listen okay. you know, Obviously modern modern way. But, yeah. Well right. Yeah. That's good. That's nice. Yeah, I feel yeah, it depends on the kitchen and kind of like obviously during service, I feel like it's like no music. You need to be like more focused on that. But like prep and like breakdown, I always enjoyed when a chef would let me listen to music or anything. Just kind of lighten the mood after a tough service and everything and kind of just have a little fun, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, I feel that. All right. So now that we did a few icebreaker questions, we can get into the real serious stuff. It's everyone's favorite section of the interview, and of course it requires no garnish. Okay, so I've started asking um, I guess this question recently because I do find it interesting, and being someone like you who's kind of done this before, you've had some acclaim in the city, like how do you feel about being interviewed and talking about yourself and talking about your food? I mean, sometimes, you know, people they know who you are, but they don't, they never hear exactly how did you get there. You know, sometimes with the interviews, they help people to understand, you know, um, how much it costs to be up here, you know, like, so how much yeah. sacrifices you had to do in your career to be where you are all the time. So it helps a lot. Yeah. Of course, I like to tell my story, you know, my side path to people and how grateful I am, you know, uh, to be here, especially in Chicago, and you know, grateful to be still alive, you know, cooking and so many things, yeah. So, I, yes, I do. I do like to be Okay, happy. that's good. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's kind of part of why I started doing the show, like, because there's so many people, there's so many chefs, front of house, back of house, everyone in the food service industry that has such an interesting story to tell. And there's a lot yeah. of people don't get that chance, and so... Doing my Absolutely. best to shed the light. So, um, when you had, when you realized you had that kind of passion for cooking and food and everything, like why, why Chicago? Why, how do you end up picking Chicago? Well, sh Chicago because I have a uh, someone that uh, asked me to come by with him. It was my cousin of mine from Mexico, 
He used to work okay. in Chicago and he, he offered me a job in here so I came and worked for him. Yeah. Okay. That's right. That makes sense. I mean, if you got you got the hookup for a job, that's where you gotta go. That yeah, plus, you know, I really love the city. I think uh, Chicago yeah. is one of the most beautiful cities. It's not too big compared to New York. Yeah. I love Chicago. It's really nice, clean city, you know, it's very organized and really nice yeah. such a people, you know, in here. So. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like Chicago. I mean, you know, we're close to the Midwest. Midwesterners are, you know, known for their positive attitudes and being hospitable. I know Southern hospitality is kind of a little more famous, but I think Midwestern hospitality is is more than Southern, in my opinion. I know I'm biased in that, but <laughs> I think that holds true. So you came to Chicago, and did you know that you wanted to get into a kitchen and start cooking, or you you know you came and you're like, I just got to get this job. Well, I came and started working at dishwasher. And okay. Then, uh, I used to see the dishes and plates and things like that. And when I listened to this, uh, many people, you know, they're looking for the American dream. And they're like, oh, we're living yeah. the American dream. And like, okay, you're living the American dream. You're working at dishwasher for 20 years. That's your American dream. And, and I couldn't understand why they were telling those things as lives. Uh, if you're coming from another country, you have to you have to fight really hard to to do your best of the best, not just working in the same place for 20 years and no hope. And like yeah. I realized that we didn't have any uh, role models, you know, from Mexico and anything like that. And I don't know. And just one point, I dream about being a role model for my people. That if I push this by myself really hard. Uh, I didn't have money to go to school. So I used to work mm -hmm. for free just to learn in the kitchen. Okay. Uh, you know, I, my my schedule was from 3 to 11. Uh, so I used to show up 10 o'clock in the morning and work for free. But learning, you know, I was always investing yeah. on me, you know, all the, the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, my days off, I used to work for free with other chefs as well. Until mm -hmm. I got the opportunity to work in the kitchen, you know, and, and I realized that one really important thing, you know, through the food, you make people happy. And I was like, and you feel good about it. And that's when yeah. I decided to, I want to be a chef. That makes sense. Yeah. I know I've worked, you know, working in the food service, there's a lot of Hispanic workers who work, are porters and dishwashers and everything like that extremely hard workers and I always try to push for them to like start prepping or whatever if they want to try to not just be in the dish pit because I know that mm -hmm. it kind of sucks being washing dishes just even if but you know that's tough washing dishes it's not an easy job and and then, um, it's yeah. not easy but it's very important for us to know because uh, when you absolutely all every station in the kitchen you learn everything and it's gonna be a time that you need to work on this dishwasher, you know, when you, the dishwasher didn't show up or something yeah. happened or you had to train someone that's not doing my job. So you have, you know how, what to do and how to do it. And that's yeah, also important, absolutely. you know, I, I'm never gonna regret, you know, being a dishwasher. I was gonna be grateful that I know every station in the kitchen. Yeah, absolutely. And that says a lot about you as a chef, even now, like, you know that if, Worst comes to worst, you have a dishwasher call out. You're, you know, you know that has to get done. I don't know how many times like I've had to jump in the dish pit, 
you know, to help out for someone calling out sick or whatever, because like that is the, you know, the lifeline for a restaurant is making sure dishes come out and they're clean and ready to go for service. And so Absolutely. It's, uh, it's extremely important. Yeah, it's very important. Um, it's a, it's, it's too bad. It's, it's a more, un, not, I don't want to say underrated, but um, what's the word I want to say? Um, unappreciated, I'll say, yeah. position in a lot of kitchens uh, and it's, it's unfortunate but you know they're yeah. very important because they had i mean if they don't do a good job it shows on your plates you know so but they always yeah. on top of the game you know and, and they're always right there for you whatever you need you know not all the time the yeah. washing dishes you train them you know to come and start learning the kitchen as well and Absolutely. They, they they get excited yeah yeah, yeah definitely so you're you're a dishwasher you're coming in early you're you know, learning the kitchen and everything. So you're moving up. And then how did you end up going to the Union League Club of Chicago? That is after four years working at the uh, Shut Up Hotel, Norbrook. Uh, okay. I became the right hand of, she- of Chef Jeff Miller. He was the, the chef, executive chef in, uh, in the Shut Up Hotel. Uh, I was on everything right. And I think I learned really quick and then one day, uh, he called me to the office and he was telling me like, hey, uh, chef, uh, uh, I think it's for you to go. And like, what do you mean? Like, are you fire me? And like, no, no, I'm not going to fire you. But uh, you're different than everybody else. It's like, you, you've been working for me for four years. I, t- I teach you everything that I know. I don't, I don't have anything else to teach you. And you're hungry yeah. to know a lot. It's like, yeah. if I don't want to be the most selfish person on earth and I keep you with me. And like, for, for me, the best thing to do is let you go and find a place for you. Wow. And that was really nice. Yeah, I think it, it yeah. was something that it shocked me, something that it changed my life. And then um, it, he helped me to, to look for a job and I was very impressed with it at dinner and the Union League Club a couple months later before. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know what? I would love to work on the Union League Club. It was such a nice club and everything. And then, yeah. so he he made he made a phone call for me, and uh, in two weeks I was working at the Union League Club. I was there wow. for eight years. Yeah. It, right, because then you so that led to working with, and I, I probably can say his name incorrectly because it's French, uh, but Chef Dominique. Dominique Letouniek. I don't know. Let, Letouniek. Think, yeah. Ten, yeah. Less, <laughs> yeah. He was a chef of Bistro 110. Um, That's right. Yeah, he was there. And then, uh, it was funny because one time I did a dinner for the French embassy here in, in the Union League Club. Okay. And it was 600 people. And wow. I was by then I was the uh, banquet chef or in uh, the Union League Club. I was in charge doing all the okay. banquets and big dinners. Wow. And then... Uh, the day that everybody show up, including uh, Chef Dominique and many other chefs, mm-hmm. asking for my boss, you know, Michael Garvin, uh, the Union League. And I was like, well, Michael is, is living a file every day. And then like, uh, yeah. we had this huge, you know, uh, 600 uh, party for the French embassy. He's supposed to be here and like, normally I do, uh, I'm in charge doing it. I got everything controlled. Yeah. So they went crazy. And then uh, they're like, 
they brought more chefs and I was like, look, let me do my job. If I'm not doing it yeah. right, you can start helping me. Uh, otherwise, trust me that I, I know everything that's in control. Well, they let me kind of do it by myself. Uh, when I finished everything, they came to me and they were like, wow, I never seen anything like that. You know, I'm so sorry when it happens, you know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know they were so amazing. They, they went on and on. And, and then uh, a week later, he called me. He's like, hey, we're looking for someone like you. Uh, we want, uh, we have a French restaurant, Bistro. Mm -hmm. It was Bistro Margot and we're looking for a chef, a Mexican chef they want to take over the restaurant. And the only condition that I asked is say, you know what, uh, if you teach me all the uh, French cuisine for the fruits, I'll take it. And wow. he's like, yeah, I, I'll, I'll teach you. So he was teaching me for about four months every morning. And oh, wow. I was doing um, my homework and then uh, I was very excited, you know, learning from him. And mm -hmm. I ran the restaurant for three years. Wow. Yeah. That's great. And that's where you kind of gained that like passion for like French technique and French cooking was, was through him. Yeah, that was through him. At a point that I was doing more French cuisine than Mexican cuisine. I mean, I used mm -hmm. to love learn kind of make everything, you know, from yeah. down, from French onion soup, from, I don't know, croque madame, or, you mentioned it, and I, you know, I used to make everything, everything. and from the scratch, everything. That's great. Yeah. yeah, and that's really good. Yeah, and so you were there for three years. Three years. Three years. Okay. So when did you know that you wanted to leave and kind of take a chance on yourself and open your first restaurant? I think since I was on the Sheraton, I think when I saw that people tell me, you know, what I told you early, they they living the American dream, and I was. Mm -hmm thinking in my head, everyone is living the American dream, but the wrong way. It should be different, you know, people should have hope yeah. for, if you work in a restaurant, you should have hope of open a restaurant and you own. And, yeah. and since, you know, when I started the restaurants, that's what I want. I want to have my own restaurant. I want to be yeah. me, myself, and a plate. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, and your first restaurant was, I know you told me the name, Mexique, right? That's the... Mexique. That's correct. Mexique. But it's Mexican okay. friends, yeah. Okay. That makes, that's cool. And so that was like your first, uh, that was your first restaurant, and it was like a diffusion between French cooking and Mexican cuisine, correct? That's correct. It was something that, uh, I mean, I really enjoyed. Uh, by then, yeah. you know, I was basically, whatever I was cooking in that restaurant, it was whatever I was cooking at home. You know, okay. and, and my yeah. friends, my, my kids, like, wow, you should open a restaurant with this, the, what you just did, you know, the lamb chops, uh, I don't know, the pork belly, yes, just cook it the same way. And I was like, people might think I'm crazy because there's not such a thing anywhere, you know, Mexican, French, but uh, yeah. it was really good. And then uh, I decided to to go that way. To go for it. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah that's really awesome. And from, from what I was reading, about uh, your restaurant, the area that you were opening in at the time was very, was a little more dangerous as far as Chicago is concerned. It, and so it was kind of, um, you took a chance on that neighborhood from what I was reading anyways. Um, yes. But you, 
you you had ran that for quite a while and kind of turned it around. It seemed like you brought in a new way of of dining to that area. It almost seemed like the area started to turn around, maybe not right away, but in the years to follow, because now it's not it's not a dangerous neighborhood. No, it was it was when I came in, and one of the things we had so many people, so many uh, homeless people, uh, mm -hmm. alcoholic people that used to be in the area, and what it happens that we came friends, and a lot of people they used to tell me, you know, it's scary walking over here. So many drunk people out there, so many, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, homeless people, drunk people, you know, and then like, mm -hmm. uh, I became friends with them, you know, and they, they were so excited for me, you know, they celebrate for me. If I, I was on the news, they always brought the, yeah. the newspapers and celebrating with me. And then, uh, <laughs> little by little, I started asking them, you know, like five o'clock and you hear, is any way that you guys can go any other place? And then if you guys need yeah. something, just knock the door from the back and I, whatever you need, I can, I mean, I, I'll help you, whatever. And then yeah. I gained the respect, you know, I gained the respect and they were watching for me and they started little by little. And then yeah. it was a day that they used to just come by and say hi. But I pass by almost huh. every day and no, I don't see them. That's really great. Yeah. That's really great. I feel that's, you know, it's a big part of a lot of businesses now is to like really be involved in the community and wanting, yeah. you know, showing the community that you're not there just for yourself. You're there to help. And Absolutely, so like, yeah. You know, to come into an area that's known for not being that safe and kind of turning, not even turning a blind eye to it, just facing it on and be like, you know, these are people and I'm, you know, I'm here to help myself and I'm here to help them. I think that's absolutely great. Absolutely. And you, eventually you ended up receiving a Michelin star for that restaurant. Yeah. Became the first How Mexican, I, first Latino ever won yeah. a Michelin star. It's that's crazy. incredible. It yeah, it was about to uh, close Mexique that week. What I want when I gained the uh, mission to start. <laughs> I was actually I was uh, it was a Monday night. Mondays I used to close the restaurant, and I was talking to someone from my team. I was telling them that I by Fridays last day with the license, and okay. the business it was hurting very bad. You know, like uh, it was not busy. I was losing money. And I was 100% decide that I was going to close on Friday. I got on mm -hmm. my knees and prayed to the Lord. And I asked him, you know, I said, you know what? I asked you for a restaurant. You give me a restaurant. And I mean, I don't know to do anything else. Just cooking, you know, if uh, mm -hmm. there's any chance that you can help me with this. And then you yeah. listen to my prayer. The next day, I wake up, I went downstairs and I got a phone call, you know. And it was someone telling me like, Chef, we follow you since you opened. We became great, uh, you know, uh, fans of your food, your style, and then uh, you, then mm -hmm. I get a mission start. And then I was That's like, well, I, I was like, but I don't know exactly the mission and style, to do, you know. I didn't know <laughs> they had so much power. And yeah. then. Uh, the next day, the next Wednesday, we we had a pool house and all the time pool house many years. Wow! Yeah, that's a, oh, yeah, that's quite incredible. I mean, how did that feel to be the first uh, Hispanic or Latin chef to win a Michelin star? I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. That's I mean, you said you wanted to be an inspiration. I feel like that's really uh, setting the tone for that. 
you know, it, it feels amazing. And sometimes it feels a little heavy in your shoulders, you know, yeah, because, sure. uh, because uh, people are looking at you, what are you doing? What are you doing, you know? And mm -hmm. you always want to do everything the right way. It's no wrong, you know, because people don't forgive you. If you do something yeah. wrong, people will get noticed right away. So yeah. that part is like you have to always choose the right thing. You have to be smart. You have to kind of, you know, behave good all the time. Uh, because yeah. many kids, they're looking at you. They want to be like you. At this point, you know, like I receive every day, you know, like, hey, chef, uh, you know, my dream is, is just be like you and like, well, you don't drink too slow, you know, too. You have to dream bigger, you know, because I mean, I can teach you how to get here, but uh, you, you have to do homework and get better than me, you know? Yeah. I would try to Definitely. get them to get better than me. Yeah. That's good. I feel, I feel like that's a, a, that's good teaching to want to see your pupils go further than you did. I think that's great. Absolutely. Did you, when you first opened Mexique, did you, were you trying to go for any Michelin stars? Do you know anything about the Michelin rating system or anything? I didn't even know what a Michelin star was until <laughs> I got one. That's uh, really funny. I mean, that's, that's, that's probably that the best. <laughs> did when you got the one, did you, did it make you want to get two? Did you want to go for that second star? No, no. No. You know, I just want to keep it simple. Uh, always. You just want to be yourself, you know, it's, it's, yeah. there was a lot of pressure, but you know, you, you want to be yourself all, all the time and, and, and a plate, you know, everything that you do, you want to, because when you're cooking, it's like cooking at home. You don't have no mm -hmm. pressure at home, you know, it's something yeah. over here. It's, it's sometimes we see, you know, great chefs that come in here to have dinner and like, no, no, don't, don't, don't get pressure. I mean, just. Relax, cook the same way for everybody, you know. So if we cook yeah. the same way for everybody. If someone comes, you know, gracious, uh, I mean, we we happy to have them, you know, and we just right. create the, the, the normal food that we create every day. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's really great. Uh, so, I mean, after getting the first star and learning a little bit more about uh, the Michelin rating system, would, uh, sorry, so Julie Monrad was asking, um, would you say you're a big proponent of the Michelin system then, like now? That I what? I'm sorry. Are you a big well. proponent of the, of the Michelin rating system? I mean, I, you know what? I think the Michelin uh, rating system is one of the most honest uh, okay. and hurt. I've seen other uh, guys that exist in the world and they're tricky sometimes, you know, and, yeah. and, and I mean, uh, I got another restaurant that I might going to be open sometime, I don't know, maybe at the end of the year, uh, but uh, I want to try to achieve in that one uh, mission start. It's going to okay. be a very small restaurant, 12 seats, and I'm going to open oh, wow. three days a week. Yeah, and I'm going to do one wow. seating of 12 people, that's it. So that one is going to be more, you know, very uh, details and everything. So that one mm -hmm. probably will get a Michelin star. All right. Well, good luck to you on that. That sounds really, that sounds interesting. That's really, that's an interesting concept. Thank you. So I wish you the best of luck with that. So 2013 is when you got your first Michelin star. And then you also went on to being on, I don't remember the season exactly, but you went on to be on Top Chef. 
Yeah, it's funny. Uh, after getting the Michelin star, uh, when people want to do something that uh, Mexican Michelin star, it was just one guy. It was just me. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I remember they were looking for a Michelin star, a Mexican Michelin star from South Africa. It was the only one. And then I got invited to go to South Africa and, and film MasterChef as a judge. So I was uh, went twice to South Africa. In the United States, they asked me for uh, Top Chef, season 11. Okay. In 2013, yeah, our season, it was um, filmed in uh, New Orleans. And the final, it was in Hawaii. Okay. And you made it to the top three, right? Yes. Top four. That's good. Yeah. Top four. Sorry. That's yeah. impressive, though. That's really that's really cool. I know top. I, from what I've heard, Top Chef is one of the more like honest, actual, like true cooking competitions for like TV. Like compared yes, to was, some of the other ones. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, I'd be on both sides. You know, sometimes yeah, you sacrifice yeah. Uh, great chef because the other one is doing more uh, TV drama than you know. Then someone yeah, is doing a great cooking. Yeah, it's a little bit yeah. tricky in, uh, in some shows. Yeah. yeah. Is it is it nerve-wracking, like, being on TV and being, like, that much on display all the time with your cooking? You know, I think you kind of do not put attention too much about television or being on the screen. And then uh, you just yeah. – a point that doesn't bother you if someone is just filming you or things like that. But uh, you can – Gonna get used to know, and but the things that you do, you're always cooking, and, and it's what you concentrate yeah. most of the time, you know. And obviously, I mean, my kitchens are open all the time, you know, open kitchens. Okay, and, yeah. So because I love to showcase what we do, you know, it's nothing too high, everything is cooked right in front of you, and, and mm -hmm. it's what we love, you know, just cooking for people. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense of being on display all the time with open kitchens. That's really cool. So you got that opportunity to be on Top Chef and just, yeah, everything you're doing is great. So and then in 2014, you ended up closing uh, Mexique, right? And then you decided to go back to Mexico for a little while? Yeah, I did decide to go to Mexico. Uh, that was in 2018 uh, that I moved down hmm. to Mexico. I got the opportunity to, to open a restaurant in Mexico, and I think it was something really nice. Uh, this group is Caret Mexico. Uh, they were looking for someone to run uh, or have, a, you know, the fine dining restaurant in, in, in Escaret. What I love about this project, Escaret uh, Group, they concentrate and represent Mexico the best way possible. So they showcase mm -hmm. uh, Mexico in, uh, in, in a park. It's like Disney. Escaret uh, is, is like Disney here in the United States. But everything is more Mexicanized, you know. Everything is Mexico. It's about Mexico, the traditions of different towns, the food about Mexico, everything about it. And and I want to showcase to people there. Yeah, we have fine dining as well, you know, Mexican cuisine. And yeah. as when I decide to say yes, and uh, I was spend a couple of years down in Mexico with the restaurant. Plus, I was traveling, you know, uh, many different regions mm -hmm. that I didn't even know different towns uh, to try to cook with friends, you know, and it was amazing. Yeah, that sounds pretty amazing. Yeah, learning from my culture. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's where a lot of inspiration comes for a lot of people is, you know, what they know, their hometowns, their, their families and, you know, their, their culture. Yeah. So that's, that's a, a really great thing about cooking is that it's kind of endless in that, in that thinking that there's endless cultures and tucked away hidden cities with different cuisines and traditions and foods and ingredients. And it's like, it's never ending of what you can learn, absolutely. which is really great. So you came back to the States in 2019 then? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So with, I know that um, Chef Rick Bayless, he kind of made a name for himself with kind of, I don't know if it's specifically Mexican cuisine or uh, South American cuisine, and I'm not trying to downplay or anything on Rick Bayless or anything, but what are, what are your thoughts on like kind of the cultural appropriation in cooking with someone who isn't from a specific area like Mexico. Like let's, I'm just using Rick Bayless as an example, but you know, he's from Oklahoma, you know, cooking Hispanic style food. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, on the first place, it's kind of grateful because uh, he, he, he went to Mexico, he traveled Mexico and he saw different ways uh, the Mexican cuisine and he brought some of that stuff to the United States, and they mm -hmm. were part of that movement. You know, that people need to uh, understand their Mexican cuisine. It's not always cheap, cheap and fast food restaurants. You know, and yeah. we had great qualities. You know, and, and we had to check for the quality of the ingredients. You know, and uh, he did that. You know, he did that, and, and uh, obviously being from Oklahoma. Uh, not being a Mexican, uh, but he did it really well, uh, execute. And mm -hmm. the only thing that bothers me is there was no another Mexican chef doing it. Like white someone yeah. else, but it's not Mexican, it's doing it and not us. Right. You know, and that's why yeah. I was like, let me let me try. Let me try. It's not yeah. his fault, it's our fault and our yeah. end because we don't do anything, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So do you say like that was kind of like uh, some inspiration for you to be like, I need to be kind of the one to do this to really bring yeah. my country's like food forward and, and cuisine forward? Absolutely. Yeah. And then I've been pushing, you know, since I opened Mexico. And now that yeah. we are in Soko, we're doing uh, great things. It looks like it. I mean, your menu looks amazing. It looks so Thank good. You. You're welcome. Uh, what, how did you come up with the idea for Zuko? Zuko, well, in the first place, I didn't want to come back to the United States. Uh, after closing okay. the next city, I want to stay in Mexico. I okay. opened a restaurant, huh? and then uh, one day I was talking to my daughter. She's, she's 23 right now, and I was talking to her. I was like, honey, I think I'm just going to stay in Mexico. I'm going to open a few restaurants in Mexico City, maybe Los Cabos. And she's like, ah, you know, the minute that you open something in Mexico, you're gonna do amazing. People love you in Mexico, and they was looking for your food. You're gonna go. You're gonna do really well. But you're not a kind of chef, you know. You like to work really hard to get up there again. And if you coming back to Chicago, you have to work hard to get on top of the game again. And that's what you are. Mm -hmm. It's who you are. And I, love I said, okay, honey, I'll see you next week. I come back to <laughs> Chicago, look for a place, and then uh, 
I hired uh, one of my best friends in Mexico. He's a designer. And then I, I told him, you know, I want to do something from my hometown, kind of. And he's like, well, let's go down to your hometown. And we spent in the hometown, you know, we spent eating. And we went to the mountains. We went to the fields. We went to, I don't know, everywhere. And places that I used to go when I was a kid. And so I can bring that concept over here. I was like, I want to tell people's story where I'm coming from, you know, and, and mm -hmm. what, what it is. So, and he came out with this great idea, you know, Suco with the name comes from Wichuco. Wichuco yeah. means a uh, place of corns. Yeah, so that's why you see so many corns in here. And then uh, we reduce it down the name only halfway so people can pronounce it, you know. And, <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> but this is like a museum of my hometown, and then obviously the food is like my mom's cooking all the time, you know, it's like a cheap yeah. for, for everyone. Yeah. That's really great. That's that's really funny. It's it's never good if your kid calls you out like that, you know, you gotta be like, you know, I guess you're right. And that's, that's, that's funny great. that you bring up that story, because I totally was going to bring up, I found that quote in an article, and I was like, oh, that's really, really great. That's so funny. And so, but I'm glad that you... We're able to just kind of bring that up and that's really okay. funny yeah. um now you ought to kind of help me with this a little bit from what i was reading it sounds like with zuko there was like a few different dining options there was like a to go a tasting menu and then you have a la carte and it it seemed like it was almost kind of separate is that right or how does that work well we took over Roy's place and it was a huge space and I was uh, telling them I, I can do three concepts in here and the one it was the 12 seats the fine dining they always okay. want to have a small restaurant like that suko you know mm -hmm. everything to share uh, everything to the center of the uh, of the table and we did a okay. panango panango it was uh, a Mexican bakery you like fast food you okay. know but mm -hmm. uh, sweet breads and, and, and things like that you know coffee and mm -hmm. we were doing a really great you know but with the pandemic we had to shut down uh panango and knock okay. down the uh, the wall and extend uh suco so we did a lot of changes and listen i mean we were, we were new we opened in september uh 2019 and uh, COVID hit six months right, later yeah. and shut down right. so Oof. we had to kind of re redo everything shut down panango uh, reopen yeah. uh, change the windows so windows can open and become a patio part of the patio and yeah. then it was it was crazy but you know we tried to stay on the game all the time yeah i bet that's it's I, i've said this before on the show it's it's been really incredible to see how so many restaurants and chefs and just business owners have really adapted to the pandemic to like really keep their business going, keep their employees working and everything and restaurants, especially there's been so many restrictions on restaurants and the ones that have been able to really keep going and make the changes. It's been, it's pretty, pretty incredible to see. Um, so definitely kudos to you to kind of take a, a backseat on, on some options to keep other ones going. So that's really great. Thank so you. you're welcome. So then your tasting menu, that's the 12 seat concept that you were saying earlier? Yeah, I mean, that concept is the, uh, what I do right now in Chicago, Mexico. Uh, okay. Yeah, but I want to do it here uh, uh, 
but I want to make it very exclusive. You know, they, it gets really hard to people get in there. Yeah. Uh, open only three days a week. I think it was it was good. It was not nothing to do a business. It was more to to you know when you're a kid, you got a favorite uh, toy. You know, I mean, you want to play with okay. your toy all the time. And here, yeah. when you're a chef, you always want to have something like that. You know, like. You know, you know, you're not gonna be making money, but you wanna be creating food, and obviously yeah. you don't wanna be great quantities. You wanna do a quality of food and, and right. do a great quality. So you have to narrow down. So I, I was gonna. Uh, the idea is for me to be there every night, the three nights. Okay. You know, sometimes getting old, hard. Then I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like 20 years ago, I don't have that space. You know, but. Uh, but you know, it was something more relaxed for me, something that I really yeah. want to have. Yeah. Yeah, and that sounds really interesting. It's a really cool concept. It's almost just like having that like supper club, like that uh, pop up dinner, almost uh, yeah. like three nights a week. So it's just that taste. You know, that's that's really it's a really cool idea. And then with with that, you're, you you want to get Michelin stars for that one, right? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Are you gonna try to get? Uh, to three with that one, try to compete with Alinea, get that that second. Uh, no, two probably for two. two. Okay. Two, two. Probably, yeah. I have I have uh, uh, some Michelin guy that went into my other restaurant in Ha. We do something mm -hmm. similar, and when they left, they're basically they're like, if we had to give you a Michelin star, we will give you two in this place. Okay. Obviously, in Mexico, we don't have Michelin star guy yet. Not mm -hmm. yet. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we we do really good concept and really good food over there. Everything is really nice, and I think I can achieve the same thing over here, especially if I'm gonna be here. Yeah. That, I, I mean, I believe it. I I think you're gonna do it. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of like I said, you've worked in uh, quite a few kitchens. Um. You know what? What's the kind of atmosphere that you like to have your kitchen be? Is it more like kind of completely quiet, heads down, working, or a little more relaxed? Like, you know, what kind of what kind of atmosphere do you like to keep in, especially with a, a more fine dining atmosphere, a more fine dining kitchen? What it, what atmosphere do you like to have? I always like to enjoy what they do and be themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, you know, I tell them let's have fun, but let's get serious when it's it has to be serious. You know. Our dishes yeah. has to be serious all the time. When people eat our food, you know, I want them to to appreciate everything. You know, they, the time that we take even to do a, a small part of vegetables, you know, things like that. Uh, mm -hmm. But I like to motivate the people, you know. So I don't want to be upset all the time or be on top of someone. You know, I want to give them the space. Teach them if I have yeah. to teach them twice, three times, four times, teach them again how to do execute a dish. But I want more relaxed ambience in here, you know, like yeah, not not, not too tight. Yeah. Right. You don't want to. You don't want people to be so stressed out that they're making mistakes and have so much anxiety that they can't really focus yeah. or they're too scared to make mistakes, which. That's really Absolutely. good. Is, do you feel like that's that's created a, a kitchen to where you don't have high turnover? You're able to like hold on to staff for longer and then produce a better quality line cook or chef in the future. Yeah, you know I'm being blessed. Uh, I got 
doesn't like me that much when I need someone in the kitchen, I was to do a post and I had like 350 kids there sending the recipe. <laughs> I the one, I, the one I worked with. It's like, wow, you know, it's, it's a blessing because you become uh, someone that inspire those kids and they, uh, they always want to be next to you. They want to learn. They want to know what you did to get up there, you know, and they want to be part of the yeah. dream. And then it's, it's, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. I mean, for someone who's kind of paved the way for like fine dining for Mexican cuisine and being the first Hispanic to, you know, chef to get a Michelin star. I mean, you know, that's who, who wouldn't want to come work for you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, look for my resume. It's coming. It's coming soon for that right. for that 12 seat <laughs> concept. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, um, since you, you mentioned, you mentioned that you're getting a little bit older and everything, you don't move as fast. Uh, Julie is asking, you know, what does retirement look like for a chef or, and, or what advice would you give to chefs who want to be in the industry for life? Well, one thing that I'm thinking right now, you know, I've been working really hard and, and it's hard, you know, right, right now what I have in my head is helping my kids to go to college. You know, my, my daughter mm -hmm. wants to go to uh, medical school very expensive she's mm -hmm. in the first year uh, so much money that might someone to be an astronaut <laughs> but of uh space space engineer uh one thing that i want to do for myself i want to open several uh like taco places you know that i can okay. open maybe four or five of them very simplified yeah. and that is gonna be my you know something that i doesn't need too much attention to me and yeah. they, they hire the right person they can run it for me and just yeah that will be my retirement <laughs> you know that's no that, that makes sense yeah you know uh, but right now i'm pushing forward you know obviously to to get better and do better things so people can know me and so when i open another place that you know they don't have to spend uh, $50, $75 per person is a place they can spend $10, $12 per person just to eat, you know. Uh, obviously, yeah. you're going to keep, with the name, you're going to keep those uh, places always busy. If you do the right yeah. way, you're always going to get busy. So that'll be, that's that's my ideal uh, dream for retirement. Not too sure, but uh, that's what I'm going to try to go for. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a good one. I feel, I mean, especially now, quick food like that is it's to get a really, really good one. That's like quality, like that good late night food. That's not just like cheap and like drunk food, but actually like quality and it tastes really good. Like that, those go like crazy. Like that's what I'm looking Absolutely. for. Like I want something that's like really solid. Yeah. That's a, that's a good Absolutely. plan to have. I, it's a good plan. Yeah. Okay. So last question I have before through, we're kind of through the most of our, our more deeper questions here. Last one I have is I ask everyone on here, um, what is the most relied kitchen tool you have besides your knife? Vitamix. <laughs> what is it? The, the Vitamix. The Vitamix. Okay, yeah. yeah Blender, that's that, a good. That makes sense. That tool is. They don't pay me for advertising, but it's best tool that you can have because the. They bring yeah. all the flavors together, like no other machine in the kitchen. And it's a, a big difference when you utilize just regular blender and you use uh, Vitamix. It makes big difference. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's an industry. Yeah, it's an industry standard for a reason. You yes. Know? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a good one. I've heard that before. Some people have said the uh, Vitamix on here, and that's absolutely true. So, all right. Now, that's the pretty much all the questions I have. But now we are moving into our lightning round. Okay, so lightning round, just try to answer as fast as you can. Okay. All right, first one, I did read that at a young age, you learn how to break down a whole goat. Right. How fast How fast can you break down a goat? Oh, this time, 45 minutes, maybe. <laughs> 45 minutes? I'd say that's pretty yeah. fast. I mean, that's pretty good. I feel it take me all day to break down a whole goat. Okay. <laughs> so that makes sense. All right, number two, what is your favorite activity on your day off? Scuba diving. Scuba diving? Yeah, normally I don't take mm -hmm. days off here in Chicago. Uh, I prefer when okay. I go to my other restaurant, the Riviera Valle, and, and I do scuba dive. That's awesome. I've never mm -hmm. done scuba diving. I've always wanted to. I haven't done that. It's on the list, but. All right, number three, cats or dogs? Dogs. Yeah, me too. All right, uh, coffee or tea? Coffee, even I'm drinking tea yeah. right now. <laughs> right, yeah, that's what I figured. I assumed yeah. it was coffee or sipping on. Makes sense. All right, number five, what is your dream vacation? Uh, oh, Lord, uh, Thailand. Thailand, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's on, that's on my list of places to go as well. Yeah. All right, number six, what is something that you own that you should probably throw out? That I own, that I probably am. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe a sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number seven. What is your most referenced cookbook? It, the, uh, what is the ingredients Bible? Ingredients the flavor flavors. Bible? The flavor, Your flavor Bible? Bible? Yeah, by, by that's a good one. That's, yeah, that's amazing. That one's a good one. I, I I like that. I have that here, and it's it's it comes in handy a lot. Yeah. All right, Didn't number. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you. All right, number eight. What is the most underrated food city? The most underrated food city, I believe, Mexico City. Mexico City. Mexico City is yeah. They got so much going on people do not know and yeah the chefs, they, they visit mexico city they are surprised by what they see and what they eat yeah 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 i would love to go to mexico city i know did you happen to go to uh next when they had mexico city as one of their the menus they I were did. doing yes did I you did. I did. was it was it good no, it was good it was good yeah try some food yeah and another city that i went i was thinking you know what a Cape Town in South Africa. Cape Town. Okay, I've, like, yeah. We don't I've, we don't know anything about South African cuisine, and it's amazing. It's amazing. I love that, uh, that town. And they do wow. Wow. Yeah. I was I was blown away for that cuisine. Wow. Yeah. I I would love to go to Cape Town. I mean, I want to go all over. Hopefully, that's that's like my biggest reason for wanting. Uh, second, I want everyone to be healthy and safe. But second reason I want the pandemic to end is so I can actually travel again. 
Okay. Um, yeah, because I, I definitely I miss it. I mean, we talk about all these great cities and everything. It's like I can't even go <laughs> right now. Absolutely. But all right, pushing ahead. Number nine. What is the most used app on your phone? Uh, probably uh, Instagram. <laughs> yeah, That's what I use. That makes sense. That, I, mean, I, I know. Use- I hear. I hear that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Especially for chefs, we always got to be the social media game. It's it's on. You know, got to stay current. All right, yeah. number ten. What is what is your favorite season for menu development? Probably fall season. Because it rem- reminds me, yeah, fall season because it makes me think about home eating, you know, always game food, you know, game like mm-hmm. deer, venison, uh, that kind of cuisine gets heavy, yeah, raising meats, all that stuff. Probably is my favorite. I agree, yeah, fall is one of my favorites, especially in the Midwest with like Concord grapes. I love yeah. Concord grapes, and I love, I love to see how chefs can use Concord grapes. So, fall is one of my favorites as well. All right, number 11, what is your favorite comedy movie? What is my favorite what? Comedy. Movie? Movie. Comedy. Yeah. Yo, Lord. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch movies anymore. You know, I used to watch all no, the kids No, it's too busy. I, I know, love, right? I love Ratatouille. It's my favorite movie ever. <laughs> Ratatouille. All right. That's funny one. I mean, that, that counts. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Um, who would play you in a movie about your life? Right now, uh, you know, actually, they did. We we've done our uh, my uh, my life in uh, big screens, and I did it myself. Oh wow, that's awesome! Yeah. Started your show. Yeah. That's great. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. All right, last question, and I know you said Ratatouille is your favorite movie, and that is also about food. But like, what do you think is the worst movie about chefs? Worst movie about chefs? Uh, yeah. Maybe uh, Chef. 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 Is the name of the, the, the movie Chef? Yeah. yeah. Really, that one? That's, Everyone says that's their favorite. That's the first for no, me. Uh, that I heard of was, worst. My favorite uh, chess movie is Ratatouille, and the other one is 100 Feet. Uh, 100 Feet. The 100 Foot Journey? Oh, yeah, that one. I think, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. That one's really journey. nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's all the questions I have for you, Chef. Uh, thank you so thank much you. for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for everyone who came out and watched tonight. Um, if you're in Chicago, Check out Zuko. I'm sure it's delicious. I can't wait to go check it out myself. So, um, yeah, don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel every Monday night. Have a new guest on. Uh, Next week should be interviewing the chef and owner of Michukaya here in Logan Square. So look forward to that. Um, But, Chef, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And, yeah, I hope everyone uh, stays safe and have a good night. Have a good night, everybody.